News this morning out of the Roosters and the Titans. The Roosters issued a release saying Sam Verrills is set to leave the club at the end of this season to take up a two-year deal there with the Gold Coast Titans. Just on Clarkey back next Monday. Um, he's just posted. He's still in Paris. And uh, outside the Eiffel Tower, Loz just goes, I think you might be camping. <laughs> I'll say that's a million to one. <laughs> he, was on a, he was sat on a terrible wicket the other day, wasn't he? The curator should be sacked. Mate, I oh, get yeah. in trouble if I go to New York and every day I want to go to Times Square. Yeah. I, and my wife goes, I'm not going to Times Square again. Now, I don't know who Clark is with, but surely the company he's keeping would be going, we don't want to keep going back to the Eiffel Tower. You don't go back to the same spot, do you? Well, if there's a bottle of Moe. I liked it, but I, I, I sort of mm. sense where they're, they're coming from. Yeah. If there's a bottle of Moe attached to it. I'd sit on the Eiffel well, Tower for a few it's days. It's parkland there, I suppose, as well. I mean, you know, Times Square's pretty, you know, in your face. So. Yeah, I like in your face. <laughs> <laughs> you are one of them. I shirt from fact, people. <laughs> I'm Tony Abbott. <laughs> my my favourite <laughs> losses. What are they calling up and in defence? <laughs> My favourite Loz travelling story, actually, when he said he was in Vegas with Michelle. And, you know, he goes walkabout because he doesn't want to go shopping with Michelle or whatever. And Michelle comes back and he's in MGM Grand or wherever where he's staying. Up on a, up on stage doing a bit of karaoke. Elvis. <laughs> oh, mate. Oh, it was perfect. No one knew who I was. It was outstanding afternoon. You know, I, my I, I like my own company. Mossy, I Nothing keep myself that. busy, yeah. and I love people watching. Yeah, and I just think about them. You know, yeah. what do they do? What are they up to? So all I'm, that I'm type a... of stuff, and I just sit back and I have a little bit of a giggle to myself. And then, <laughs> as you know, the more you sort of relax, the more you let yourself go. And then you know, karaoke starts. And I'm, think, I'm yep, exactly my I voice can sit is, there. My for, voice is ready. I can sit there for hours. People watching. Penny, Penny has a different term for it. Right. She doesn't call it people watching. Well, but I'm, I'm a, I'm, I like people watching. Yeah. I really do. Oh, that's great. Yeah, my favourite travel story from Loz, and I think it might have been the same trip when Loz had to come back earlier and Michelle was still over there, and she sent him a photo of uh, of the bed in the hotel room full of designer bags. <laughs> do you remember? Or shopping bags yeah, or something. I wasn't happy. From designer shops, and he's looking at the photo going, oh, my God, this cha-ching. is going to kill me. Just cha-ching, mm, cha-ching, yeah. cha-ching. G'day, Cookie. Morning, guys. How you going? Yeah, really good, thanks. I don't think we gave you a wrap last week for graduating university as well, by the way. Well done. What course oh, thanks, did you do again? Thank you. Uh, Bachelor of Health and Movement at ACPE. So, uh, yeah, it's seven, seven long years part-time here and there where I could, but, yeah, glad it's done now, that's for sure. Oh, well done, mate. That's thanks, mate. really good stuff. So what does that sort of qualify you to do when you finish your footy career, mate, if you well, want to get into it, something yeah, like that? Yeah, I could still go and uh, do my sort of level two of strength conditioning coaching um, and then hopefully work my way into, uh, you know, the high performance side of things after footy. I think I really enjoy that. I wouldn't say no to, you know, coaching or anything like that at this stage, but I'd definitely love to stay around the footy environment and, um, you know, just be in the gym and high performance sort of stuff and um, still be around it, yeah. How much are clubs, and I guess the Players Association as well, putting into that area of, uh, you know, your post-footy career, et cetera, now, and how much encouragement is given to the players to pursue that sort of stuff during their career outside of the game. 
Yeah, it's definitely improving uh, every year, that, that's for sure. Uh, I remember when I started, there wasn't a lot around it, um, and it was sort of there, but not, not expected to do anything. Uh, now, I know, you know with the younger boys of 20s, a lot of them are, are pushed towards um, you know, some sort of education or some sort of even trade while they're not full-time and stuff like that, but there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of help and uh, help and a lot of avenues for guys to take and a lot of support there if they want to go into education and or anything like that at uni or, or TAFE or or even little um, you know, courses as well. Like at the moment, I know uh, Josh Mansour's business, like Renaissance, they've been coming in every second week at the moment and um, just giving little crash courses on um, investments and Renaults and just little education things like that. So there's plenty around and definitely improving every year, which is uh, which is good because you never know how, how long the career is going to last for you. No, that's fantastic, and it's great that you know the game is and the players' association are right behind it and supporting it because I think with these opportunities, you'll see more and more players start to think about life after football and you know spend a bit of time preparing themselves because one of the things that you're always are concerned about as a footballer because you're so caught up in your own little bubble and you think rugby league is just it. It's a lot bigger world out there. And when your footy career is over, you, that's when you tend to struggle because you haven't worked on anything into the future. So I, I think it's terrific that clubs, players are doing more of this cooking. Yeah, it is, mate. And uh, like you said, like when you're young and you're a young footballer, you don't really think about that. You're trying to put all your eggs in one basket to play footy. That's what I was like as well. I remember I was actually got accepted into the uni when I was in 20s, but I deferred it just because I, um, you know, I just wanted all focus on footy, really. And I, I pushed that back a couple of years, which which I, I didn't do now because it obviously delayed how long it took me to, to get it done. But I'm uh, definitely glad it's done. And, and definitely I can speak on behalf of South that they're really good. Like our wellbeing program and education, they're always um, trying to get the boys in there and trying to get started on whatever it is that they're passionate about. And a lot of the things at the moment are uh, not so much TAFE or uni, it might take a little TAFE course, but a lot of them uh, talk about their own little businesses on the side. Latrell, obviously, um, he's got a cu- he's got a couple there. I mentioned mentors before. Um, yeah, so the, a lot of them are all. Uh, what you get a few senior players doing it too, and it filters down, and that's why we get the next generation of players coming through. Um, you know, better than the, the group before them, which is all, what it's all about as well. You mentioned Latrell Mitchell, so let's just go to him quickly, Cookie, if you don't mind. He's been on fire with the boot lately. Um, he's on a streak of 12 straight successful kicks. Does he put a lot of extra time into his kicking on the training pitch? Yeah, he does. He's um, Most sessions after he's, he's having a kick, especially captain's on where he goes, I watch him go through his little routine across the field and back. Um, and then, but, you know, he's um, definitely always having a kick after each session. And, um, yeah, he's been, he's been doing it for a long time. So it's all about just keeping that routine the same for him. But at the moment, yeah, he's, he's kicking uh, really well and, um, you know, it's it's an important part of the season to be kicking well because you know there's two points, you know, four turning to six every time we score a try is going to be a massive help, uh, especially in the big month of footy we've got coming up. You've won your last five against Parramatta, Cookie. What do you put it down to? Why have you been able to worry them so much? Because you score a lot of points against them as well. I think in those five wins, three wins you've put on 38 points, another 40, and uh, your lowest score in that period is 30 points. So what do you do so well against Parra? I wouldn't say the score lines are much to do because I know you know a couple of games we've, we've ran away with it at the end, but it's, we've got a lot of respect for Parramatta and how strong a team they are and how, how good they are. I, I, we generally think they're a good um, you know chance to, to win the premiership uh, this year. They're the only side to knock off Penrith uh, both times this year, so we've got a lot of respect for them. We know that we're going to play our best footy against them. So I think it's always a, a tough battle uh, up front, um, you know, for the first part of the game. But then we've been lucky enough the last few times to um, you know score a couple of late tries. 
and put the scoreline out a bit. But yeah, it doesn't respect how, how how physical those games are. What have you been doing well the last sort of four or five weeks, Cookie, compared to the start of the season? Uh, I think we're really trusting the process that we have in not just in, in a defence but in attack as well. Like we're we're not getting um, bored of what we're doing. I think there's been some great games where we've been able to stick to the game plan for a long period of time, if not the 80 minutes, and and just continue to kick teams back, give them the ball back, kick it back to them, kick it to the corners, and try and lock them in and play the field position game because we know, um, you know, with the outside backs that we've got, and even in the middle, uh, the threat that they have. We have uh, forwards that you know we can we can score points when we're down there. We just need to make sure that we're we're um, you know disciplined in those areas of you know just going through our sets and kicking it back to them and locking them in. And still, the biggest work on one I think I'm, we spoke about uh, early rounds of this year was still discipline and letting teams out of their own end. I think that's still an issue for us. Though. I just figured we're going to potentially have a BSB issue here, Loz, because what if Gutho scores and does the Gutherino on mm. top of Cookie? <coughs> What happens then? Oh, right. We're going to take sides, do we? We're either going to say we like it or we don't like it. Yeah. I'll be neutral. Oh, no, nah, mate. Well, they're both mates. You're to make a call. No, when they're a mate, you look after your mate. Honestly, you not you can't let him do that to you, Cookie. Well, we'll see how the game's going. <laughs> Straight down the bat. Uh, what power players do you have to keep quiet, though, Cookie? When you when you look at that side, obviously no Mitchell Moses at the moment as well. Who do you see as their real, I guess, you know, talisman? Well, just one you mentioned then, uh, Gutho, Sean Lane, Dylan Brown. I reckon they've got a really nice combination um, on their le- on the left-hand side there. I think the way that they're using Sean Lane to get a bit of second-phase play, um, you know, offloads and stuff happening around him. Um, and Dylan Brown, obviously, a good runner of the ball too. So they're definitely one part of it. Um, and then I think uh, Junior and, and Regan up front, I think they're big, powerful guys that we've really got to win the physical battle with. When you look at your opposite, what's unique about Reed Marnie? Oh, very good. Yeah, very impressive, Reed. I've always had been. He's, um, you know, he's got a nice little, nice little kicking game in him as well. Uh, that's what he said they tried to use as well. You know, early tackles ended up getting out of their end. We want to make sure that Reed is, um, you know, not jumping out of marker there and or not jumping out of hooker there and getting an early kick and looking for a forty twenty. And just down the line, he's got a nice little um, turn up play that him and Junior Bowler use really well. Um, they. they Junior knows when to run it. Junior knows when to pass it back to him. And um, they've had some real good success off the back of that. How's the combination with Cam Murray going, your uh, origin teammate? That's going good. It was uh, it's nice the last couple of weeks with um, being able to link up a little bit. And he's done some um, some good work like he does, breaking the line. So making me look good. But, you know, it's, it's one that we've, we've worked on a lot um, over the years. And um, this year, this year just obviously been... Shut down at times, but it's definitely always there. And it's all, it's all about just making sure that we, we know it's there. So when the opportunity is ready to go, that we're both on the same page, um, I feel like we are at the moment, which is good. Mm. A lot of people, after round 15, um, when you played against the Dragons, I think it was, when Lockie Ellis was hooked, um, Cookie, everyone thought that that might shatter this young kid's confidence. But he looks as though he's come back bigger and better. Have you noticed a difference in anything that he does? Has he been the same? Um, I'm just interested to know a little bit about the kid and how he handled that tough moment in his so so early on in his career. Yeah, I think he handled it really well. I remember speaking to him after the game and speaking to the next uh, or two days later at training. And I think he was, um, you know, he was obviously a bit disappointed after the game, but then you know, come 
two days later, he was excited and, and pumped about where he's going and used it as a learning curve for where he was at. And again, on that Dragons game, it wasn't so much him being hooked. I think it was more of, um, you know, Jay was looking for a bit of experience and, and a change of attack and a bit of energy. And we had Cody Nicarima on the bench, and that's where he, he's, he fitted in. But at the moment, like the last few weeks, a lot of it has to go down to, to Lockheed. We're sticking to the game plan. We put a lot of trusting him and a lot of pressure on him coming in his first year that we need you to do a certain job, especially in our kicking game. And he's made sure we're stuck to that. No matter where he is on the field, we try and get him in a good position. But no matter where he is, he's, he's always putting it in the pockets uh, for our kick chase to get down there and lock him in. So um, nothing doesn't seem to phase him at the moment, uh, which is a good sign for a young halfback. Have you got a tip, Cookie? I do. Uh, race uh, seven, one or seven, no, race seven, number one, turning at Sydney. Favourite loss, so you can have that one if you want. Uh, Rightio. Gee, there's some scratching. So race be track. one, num- uh, race seven, number one. Yep, turning. Yep. Kim Ward, Dylan Gibbons, $3.90. And the favourites left in that race, loss. So you may as well just take the favourite. No, I'm not taking one. the favourite. Okay. I'm going to take, uh, hang on, give me a look here. Well, that means you're going to be radio. Because I'm, I'm three in a row. Uh, are you really? Well, two wins, and then your horse got scratched last week, oh. so it didn't matter where. Is, is J Mac on anything in the last? Yes, he is. He's on Euphrates Dream for You've, Maddie Smith. That'll do. Three dollars <laughs> eighty. So, <laughs> I don't want Cookie to have the satisfaction of saying okay. next week that I picked what, what the favourite. What about the little jab though? I'm, I'm three from three. Yeah. Was yours last week got scratched? Yeah, I know. I just let that go <laughs> to the keeper. Well, Through to the keeper. <laughs> That's three dollars ninety. Race seven, number one, turning. Cookies tip. Good luck, Cookie, against the Eels on Friday night. Big game. Thanks, guys. And uh, market with tab for that one. Para big outside. Well, five and a half point outsiders. Two dollars fifty. South's a dollar fifty three. Combank Stadium. The game's being played at. Getting two fifty. The Eels. Jeez, I don't know in that game, Mido. We'll find out tomorrow. Yeah. You tip. With the great blocks. What the way South are playing at the moment. The Wallabies, they're up again Sunday morning, our time at 5.10am. It'll be on Stan and up against Argentina once again, coming off the 41-26 to victory on the weekend where they were down 26-17 at one point there in the second half. Uh, by the way, if you want to get up early enough, it could be the last game for Ian Foster as All Blacks coach. They're on at 1am at Ellis Park in Johannesburg against the Springboks. Of course, the Box beat the All Blacks 26-10 last weekend in the opening weekend at the Rugby Championship. And kind enough to join us now from South America is the Wallabies scrum half, Nick White. Hello, Nick. How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, really well, thanks. Congrats on the win last weekend. Uh, did you go and have a beer with Michael Checker in the other uh, dressing room after the match by any chance? Well, I didn't know. I, uh, we didn't see him after the game, but... Um... Yeah, no doubt we'll, we'll catch him after the game this weekend. Um, yeah, I'll, uh, we, we're usually it's, it's interesting playing uh, the same same opponent two weeks in a row. So uh, usually leave that one for the second game. So hopefully we get a good result this weekend and we're able to, to share a beer after that one. Did you notice things about the Argentinians that you know you could just tell that you know the way the style that Michael Checker plays is really imparted on them, or, or are they a bit play a bit different to what you expected? Uh, a little bit different to how they've they've played the last couple of years, and then you can certainly tell that's a bit of um Czech style. You know, they they're playing a lot of footy at the moment, um, using the ball, and like the, you know, they're 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 a handful. You know, when they're doing that, and and then a lot of that's Czech. You know, his style of play, um, you know, playing a pod system and, and using the ball. So it's testing out a fence, and it tested us pretty early on. Um, but you know, we were able to uh to get our hands on the ball 
late in the game, be able to put on a couple of tries and uh, and get that one back. So mm-hmm. hopefully we can come out of the gates a bit uh, a bit better this week. And um, yeah, you know, like I said, we've we've had a look at them now. So it's one of those games where review is preview, and um, we both got a feel for each other. And um, you know, this week will be different again. Nick, how important was it to start this? You know, two test matches against Argentina with a win, given you're coming off that serious loss to England here in Australia. Yeah, big eh? Like um, that English series was uh, was a big one for us. Um, a lot of emotion, and obviously at home, um, and and we lost that one. And not gonna lie, that that we, our confidence took a bit of a hit. Uh, we worked pretty hard to, and, and learned some lessons the hard way in that series. And just in terms of the rugby championship, it was really important we we get away to a good start. Um, we didn't get away to a good start, and uh, and I think that was a good good test of our resolve and, and our character. And um, you know, a lot of what we we're talking about on the game, you know, things weren't going our way. That you know, going back to what we learned in that English series, and then going back to how we wanted to play and our identity, and just fully backing that, and eventually um, that come good for us. So it'll be good for our confidence. It's really good. Um, you know, the game went like 86, 87 minutes because we're chasing that bonus point, and, and we eventually got it, uh, which is a huge one for us. So we're we got five points there, and uh, yeah, like I said, hopefully we can start the game a little bit better this week, and um, yeah, we'll be chasing a big result, and that'll set us in a, you know, in, in hopefully put us in a good spot going into the rugby championship with four games to go against two absolute, um, you know, cracking, cracking teams in South Africa and New Zealand. So it's all out of us, and like you said, it was important we got a good start. And Nick, you just mentioned uh, the All Blacks. It, it, what's it? What's it like inside the game for a player like yourself? Have they lost their aura a little bit? Oh, look, it's hard, hard to say. <laughs> for us to say. We lost them three times last year and haven't played them yet. So, um, you know, it's, uh, I think it's just where world rugby's going at the moment. You know, back in the day, um, obviously New Zealand have been top of the tree for a long time. And for a long time, it was the Southern Hemisphere and the Northern Hemisphere kind of in the, the middle rankings throughout the world. And I, I honestly think the top 10, just about anyone can beat anyone. You know, France is sitting on top of the world at the moment. Um, the number one ranking, and they beat Japan by, you know, a try late in the piece. So, you know, it's uh, from one to ten in world rugby at the moment. It's pretty tight, and I just get, that's just a, you know, where our game's at at the moment. And I think it's awesome for, you know, to, to see a team like Ireland be able to go to New Zealand and get a result. You know, between us and, and England, there was, you know, there was nothing in it. We went up spring tour last year, played Wales, Scotland, and England, and you know, there's only a couple of points in every game. So it's just where it is now. Um, New Zealand, obviously, were ahead of us. Ahead of everybody uh, for a long time there, but um, everyone's played you know, played catch up and, and caught them, and you know, welcome to the crew. So now they're um, in amongst it, and uh, look, I'm not going to say I feel sorry for them at all. We wouldn't expect you to either. <laughs> um, exactly. We're speaking with Wallaby's scrum half Nick White, and Nick, I can only imagine how much of a shock for the players it was because I think. A lot of you know rugby followers were certainly shocked to see Michael Hooper obviously put his hand up and 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 uh, pull out of the game last Saturday and, and has come home. Uh, you just look at Hoops and how durable he's been. You know he's still only thirty years of age. It feels like he's been around for that long. But how is he? Uh, give us an insight into you know w- w- what he said to the playing group and uh, how he's going. Uh, Matt, he's all right. You know, I, I spoke to him um, this morning. Uh, he's back home now. Um, you know, and, and, and home will do that, you know, get, get home, get to his family. Um, he's feeling better already, he said. And, you know, two traits that I've said uh, how long that, that make him who he is, that, that a guy that we look up to, everyone looks up to, is, is how honest he is and how brave he was. So, obviously, honest with himself as to where he's at and then the bravery to be able to, 
you know, the, the easy option would have him to just hop, you know, to, to, to go out there, continue to play, to continue to battle that. But he, but he put the team first and, but even when even when he's um you know got his own own issues there, he's still putting the team first. Uh, what an absolute legend! So spoke to us players, um, said that that was the best thing for the team. Again, <laughs> putting the team first, which was phenomenal. Um, said he needed to go home, and he's got the support of all us players and all staff back home, and he'll go home. And you know, it's just like an injury, and and he'll get it fixed and be back. But um, you know, just a phenomenal guy. Like I said, it's someone like I look up to. Like you said, he's only thirty. He's younger than me. I've known him for a decade and someone I've always looked up to. Um, you know, certainly the players, the staff and, and a lot of fans. So, you know, he's uh, he's in good hands now. He's done the right thing and uh, what a what a phenomenal thing for it just goes to show his leadership qualities but right and um, you know, we're we're all behind him, hopefully he gets well and um, we'll see him sometime in the future. How devastating was it with Quade Cooper going down, being only twelve months out from a World Cup and Samu Karevi uh, ACL in the sevens over there in Birmingham. Um, disappointing for those guys, but I suppose the positives are that you give other players an opportunity this far out from a World Cup. Yeah, absolutely gutted for the blokes individually. You know, Samu, um, you know, he get picked in just about any team in the world at 12. He's probably the, the best 12 in the world, and um, you know, he's playing some great footy, but he gives an opportunity to some young guys, that like you said, and it's next man up, you know. Uh, Quaid, I really feel for, but there's one guy I know that will be diligent in his, uh, you know, in his rehab and his process, and and he's he gets genuinely excited by challenges like this. Like you know what, I'll, I'll get fit and ready before the World Cup next year, and not back him. Um, so yeah, it's, it's next man up at the moment. <laughs> We've had so many injuries in the last six weeks that um, we're, we're just getting used to it. Um, but it's next man up, and and we've got a fair bit of depth now. So. You know, it's uh, you know devastating for the individuals, but for the group, like just a, a show of our character. You know, we lose our captain, we lose a guy like Quaid, um, we lose Samu, and we we just crack on and find a way. And um, you know, the, the guy stepping in, you know, it's, it's how most of our careers start, right? Is is, is someone's um, you know misfortune is another person's opportunity, and they take it with two hands and make it theirs, and someone special might create a career out of it. Nick, really appreciate your time, mate. Go well again this weekend. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And the Wallabies $1.38 with Tab Argentina $2.90, 10 past 5 Sunday morning, that game on stand. Well, here's a random spotted for you, fellas. It's uh, the Echo Public Holiday in Brisbane today and spotted at the show ground, the show bag pavilion because they're big show. Mm. It's like their Royal Easter show, isn't it? But not Easter up there. Um, Matt Damon, just in the show bag pavilion. As in actor Matt Damon. Right. Yeah. And how did you find this bit of information? I saw it in the, in the press today. Right. I think it was the, the Telegraph. He's been sure. spotted. Spotted at the Well, Echo. why isn't our man Clarkie in there? Yeah, he's easier to find than Clarkie, Matt Damon. I know. Not why sure. haven't they spotted Clarkie? Well, we've spotted there him. There needs to be Eiffel an investigation Tower. into this. It's gone quiet <laughs> on Clarkie. You can ask all the questions in just a few days, mm. mate. Uh, now, you sure he's coming back? Oh, not one hundred percent. I know he won't be one hundred percent keen. Well, but if there's uh, not a photo or a headline, that means he's probably on a flight. <laughs> you should have been a police officer, Mossy. There you go, sleuth. <laughs> all right, joining us now from Newcastle, uh, ahead of their fourteen. Well, after sorry, their fourteen to ten win against the Tigers at Campbelltown Sunday afternoon. They've got Brisbane. 
at Suncorp Stadium Saturday night. Joining us, Newcastle prop, Daniel Saifiti. Daniel, good morning to you. Morning, boys. How are you? Yeah, really well, thanks, mate. And tell us, uh, well, describe to us how different, I guess, the mood around the camp is this week as opposed to last week. Yeah, real good. Um, no, it's good coming into training and um, for review and knowing you're going to win. Um, what better clips on the board to, to show the boys? But, um, yeah, it was just pleasing to get the win after a tough week last week. You mentioned the club had, you know, a bit of an honesty session. So who, who conducts that? Who leads that, Daniel? Um, a few of us got together, like um, Freeze, Brails, uh, Gags, myself. Um, sort of came together before and um, spoke about stuff off the field happening and not letting it affect us, but bringing, making it bring us together uh, more, and it did. So, uh, no, it worked, and we're looking to do it again this week. I was about to ask you that, Daniel, because a lot of Knights fans, you know, we get plenty of text messages and phone calls from them, and you know, they're expressing their disappointment in the season. And then they see a game like last week where everyone was sort of committed and, and putting it all on the line. Why hasn't that not been there all year? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Something that we asked ourselves after the game. It's almost a case of you know, what could have been. But you know, it is disappointing that it, it took a week like that to um, bring out a performance like that. But our know, focus is on um, they finish the year, the year strong going to next year. Daniel, I just want to ask you, I don't want to harp on what happened last week, but just coming out of that uh, honesty session and things like that, did you feel a shift in the mindset of the players and that something like that had galvanised the squad, which gave you confidence to go into the weekend? Yeah, definitely. Um, We just spoke about sticking together as a playing group, but not only as a playing group, but as a club. and uh, and Giving the fans a performance they deserve. Uh, Like you said, it was a tough week and... uh, the, the feel around training was a bit different, but uh, no, we had to get over that pretty quick and turn our attention to the Tigers. And we all know that rugby league, it turns uh, very quickly. How important is it for you guys to back up that performance last week against the Broncos on Saturday night at Suncorp? Yeah, very important. Um, no, pretty much all be for nothing, pretty much, if we just come out and just um, give one good performance and then not back it up. But uh, we've spoken about the importance of it and uh, doing it against a good team uh, at the home stadium, uh, man, it'll, it'll mean a lot to the group and not in the fans. Indications are, Daniel, that Caelan Ponga uh, maybe won't play for the rest of the season for the Knights. How is he? No, he's all right, Caelan. Um, no, he's a bit of a free spirit. He just bounced around training and helped the boys out. Um, given some of the other younger fullbacks and tips and that, and she's um, doing non contacted training and. Um, he trains on the other side. That trains against the first grade side. Touches us up a fair bit when he when he, when he runs the ball. And that, but uh, he's looking good. I tell you what, uh, Daniel. While you would have loved to have played Origin again this year, how excited and proud were you to see your brother make his State of Origin debut this season? Yeah, it was crazy. Um, especially up there in um, Suncorp, I was probably more nervous than him. But uh, he was so um, calm before the game. We met up before the game. I couldn't believe it, but. <clears throat> Um, he's worked so hard the last couple of years. He's coming off two good years. So uh, it was a bit different watching from the crowd, but uh, to see him play well, uh, even though they lost, um, that was a proud proud brother moment. So what, uh, with with the finals uh, out of reach, what's Adam O'Brien set for you guys to, to motivate you to the end of the season? What, what, are, the, what are the mini goals that you need to achieve? Um, playing well consistently for each other, uh, being selfless, and um, just finishing the year strong. Uh, not only for us, but especially for the fans, give them some 
give him some joy going into the next year. We want to finish his, his strong going into you know, a big season next year. Uh, but we're not looking too far ahead um, as well. But yeah, doing it for us and doing it for the fans. Uh, hey, uh, you might not be looking too far ahead, Daniel, but I've just looked at your draw here. You can win all these remaining four games. I mean, if you if you put in the same performance as you did last weekend, you're very much capable of winning the remaining four games, which would give you plenty of confidence in at the end, uh, leading into next year. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've looked at um, the whole draw from last week, but like I said, we're not look, looking too far ahead. Um, you know, we've talked about teams like um, Cowboys, Broncos, and that um, make, making a big, big leap um, from last year to this year. And, Man, they finished really strong last year, and that's something that we've talked about, something that we want to do. And, you know, we've got the playing group to play you know, some really good footy and add some more people next year, and you know, we can do something special. Daniel, you've said criticism of Adam O'Brien is unwarranted. What makes him a good coach? Um, you know, he's he's fierce, but he's also you know, real personable too. Um, he's come from good systems, and um, he's shown that he's shown that to us. Um, so I suppose it's natural when you know a team sort of goes backwards. Uh, you know, they look at the leaders and, and the coach, and um, they get criticised, which is fair. But I think you know the the criticism from a lot of people and the fans. Is, I think it's unwarranted and a bit unfair. But look, that comes with the territory, I suppose. And he's a big boy; you'll get over it. Uh, with the World Cup coming up at the end of the year, Daniel, uh, you and Jacob, I'm sure, would be keen to, to play. Can I ask, mate, who who would you like? To play for, have you made yourself eligible for Australia or Fiji? Uh, I've already spoken about it. I'm I'm in an iron, but I'm all leaning towards not playing and um, putting out, having a good preseason for Newcastle. Um, had a real interrupted preseason last year and um, sort of derailed my season a little right. bit. And, but so I just want to you know, pay back the club and get get into training a bit early. Otherwise, to come back after January, there's not much time to get fit. So uh, yeah, more than likely. Um, staying, but I've talked to my family about it, and you know, it comes around every four years. And I didn't get to play the last one through injury, so um, yeah. I'll, talk, I'll talk about it with um, the club and my family at the end of the season. And speaking about the off season and, and pre season, what, what, in your opinion, and I know you're obviously not a coach, you're, you're a player, so you don't have um, control over recruitment and things like that. But in your view, what, what do the Knights need to do? this off-season and pre-season to become a top-eight contender again? Um, now, if we look back at our two years before that, our pre-seasons were um, no, real tough, and this one was too, but with COVID, people coming in and out of pre-season um, probably wasn't you know, the club's best. And I think having a real tough pre-season, um, adding some people to it, like you said, and um, no, I think that'll put us in good shape for the start of the year and, uh, just the leader stepping up and uh, next year as well. And Daniel, Anthony Milford, um, to what extent did everyone try and twist his arm to try and stop him from going to the Dolphins after, you know, he's made a pretty good contribution for you this year? Yeah, we tried. Um, but at the end of the day, he said it was for family reasons. You have to respect that. And Like you said, he's contributed real well to the club this year and you see he's shown how, how classy he is, but um, I'm excited to play with him this year, uh, this week, be first game back up at Suncorp. Um, so I'm real excited for him. Really appreciate your time this morning, mate. Go well against the Broncos and for the rest of the season. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. The Knights, $6.50 outsiders, plus 18 and a half. Huge line.
against the Broncos. The Broncos $1.11. The Broncos have gone off the boil, Loz. Yeah, they have. And, you know, sometimes you you just need the victory like the Knights had last weekend. They hung on in the end, but sometimes you just need that to get your season going again. Mm. And winning breeds confidence. So they'll go up there thinking they can win. And if the Broncos are not at their best, the Knights are capable of winning this game. Yeah, you know, on face value, the Broncos got a lot to play for with semi-finals. But, you know, listening to Daniel there, you know, the Knights really want to finish their season off. And if they turn up with the same commitment they had last weekend, they're a chance of beating the Broncos. And, and they have gone off the boil a little bit in recent times, the Broncos. They were looking like top four material a few weeks ago. But really, Kevy Walters has done a fantastic job turning yeah, the club around. Like they're coming from a long way back. I, I actually, when I was in Brisbane the other week, doing one of the, the, the Villa and Leeds game, um, the CEO of the Broncos walked into the commentary box, met him and his, uh, and his kids. They had some photos and stuff. And I just it was a short conversation, but I could sense that there was a real shift in culture and they knew that they had to, they had to rebuild the place. Yeah. yeah, they've done a great job. Dave Donaghy yeah, Dave uh, from Donaghy. Melbourne. That was, yeah. um, yep. He's been in the Melbourne Storm system for a long period of time. And Benny Iken um, moved up. There, was it last year or yeah. the year before? No, it was just, last year. I'm last sure. year, just can't mm. even remember. Um, but yeah, uh, both those guys have started to to do some things up there, which has changed the way they operate, and they're getting success with it. Mm. They've been out the gate in the premiership market now. The Bronx in the last fortnight, twelve out to twenty nine dollars. Dave Stanley, morning to you. Morning, Jared. Morning, Mossy. Morning, Loz. Yeah, I'm at the Australasian Gaming Expo, day two. And I tell you what, there's some incredible things I saw here yesterday. And with these expos, Mossy, you might have done them um, with NAB or being involved in the corporate world. But everyone keeps telling me day two of a three-day expo is when the handbrake comes well and truly off. And people just really want to enjoy themselves, make the most of being in Sydney town. Beautiful day on the Wednesday. Is that is that sort of the vibe that I should be expecting today? Yes, mate. And usually yeah. uh, tonight will be the big night as well because well, the yeah. end is the end is nigh. But I tell you what, they take a lot yeah. of energy to these expos. Yeah, yeah. Well, what what about yesterday? So obviously the latest and greatest in gaming is here. And uh, when I say gaming, you know, obviously what you'd find in your pubs and clubs, and obviously the tab have got their new app, which they're showcasing as well to uh, to, to publicans and, and club owners. Here I am yesterday just walking around with the phone, filming things, you know, just thinking it was, you know, I was on vacation. And, uh, yeah, probably shouldn't have been doing that. So apologies to all the vendors. I haven't been putting any of that video out in the public forum. But um, some of the stuff they've got, robotic. How do you blokes feel about robots? In all seriousness. I know a few. I know a few. Uh, yeah, well, just imagine going to your local, right, and, say, sitting in the tab area. So let's say, Loz, you're at, uh, you're at the North Bridge, right? You're at the table. And obviously there'll still be staff, but just imagine if this robot came out and brought the schooner out. Would you feel comfortable with that, or do you think that's not, not your go? No, be like the gen- I, be no. Like the no, I still personal want the human touch. Human touch yeah, mm. well, human people, touch, yeah. people person, Davey. Like yeah. I, I like to look people in the eye. Yeah. yeah. Do you I, know don't like, saw... I don't want to look a robot in the eye. Do you know what? No. My, 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 my do- uh, stepdaughter has a robot that cleans the house down at Yass. Oh. It's, it's like, like a vacuum. A, like a vacuum, yeah. Be, yeah. And I was sitting there the other week watching TV, and this thing kept nipping at my heels. <laughs> <laughs> 
That I wasn't the robot, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel real comfortable about it. Didn't make sense. Yeah, well, they've got robotic, uh, all sorts of that sort of stuff here. All the like the the new technology. So it, pretty much anything you could think of. Um, they've got one thing I will say though, guys. Uh, where our stand is, we're obviously right near Carlton United. And they were listening yesterday when I gave them a shout. They said, oh, oh, the BSB, we love the boys. Oh, Loz. And I was like, yep, no, all good boys. But we're right near Bingo Australia. Now, when was the last time you blokes played bingo? Oh, my mother would have played it many, many years yeah. ago. That's the last time I've probably heard of bingo. Lindemann Island, <laughs> Lindemann Island 1981, won yep. a uh, seaplane trip out to the Barrier Reef. Did you? No, my brother did. Oh. But, I, but I'm claiming it. Claiming now. it. Yeah. Beautiful. Jeez, it was so, good fun. New York you know five what? years ago. It's a long story. Anyway, <laughs> well, hang on. Well, we've got we've got three no, and a half minutes. No, we don't. Keep going. Playing, no, hang Keep on. Going. How did you end up playing bingo no, in New York? This establishment has a bingo night. I was told to go to, and it's not. It it, it was as good as it. Like it was. We not, got loose. Not people dancing on it. tables. Right. Very very different to what was you'd there, expect. Anyway, did there happen to be an attractive New Yorker that was suggesting you come to bingo with? Her and that's uh, why no, you're talking to I was it? with a, a, a male friend of mine actually, right? Um, but as I said, we're running out of time, Dave. So, <laughs> uh, just on the text line, by the way, someone's yeah. asked, Can we get a recap of Davo's tips? And he likes on the Kenzo race four, number nine, Pretz, which I think was two dollars seventy just before, and Sandown race three, number six, Miss Balvini, four dollars eighty. The other thing, Dave, as well, the Kosciuszko. Yep. Got to get your tickets because remember now it's gone from one point three to two million bucks. Two million dollars up for grabs. And today on the show, lovely segue, Meadow. We're working well here. Keith Dryden will be our first guest after scratchings. Of course, uh, the trainer of Handle the Truth there from Canberra. We're going to be going through that part of the world as well, Queen Bean in Canberra on our Kosciuszko tour. Mitch Cohen from RaceNet will join us. David Eustace. Uh, we're going to look for those that have never heard the program before or maybe switch off at nine. Every time I've had David Eustace on the program, he has tipped us a winner. They've got a very powerful stable, the Eustace Mar stable, and uh, looking forward to that chat after 9.30. Rod Northam, more Kosciuszko news. Gary Colvin, now another one, of course, won the country championships. Well, the Union Hotel there in Wagga is the leading venue in terms of ticket sales at the moment in regards to Kosciuszko. So that'll be a bit of competition between the Union and the Farrah there. And I think there's a link with the union and another one. So don't be surprised if uh, if Gary gives a, a strong push. And on a Wednesday now, we're also going to be chatting with our friends at Inglis. We're going to be having a, a chat about what uh, is happening with the upcoming sales. That space is just getting bigger and bigger. People buying horses online. We see it all the time. And uh, Brett Gliding will be joining us. Do you know, boys, one of my first jobs, well, first job I ever had was at Dick Smith. I used to get a bit of a, a, bit of a cash job. Grandma got me a job doing the bingo. Calling the numbers. Calling the numbers. Number eight, gar- number eight, Garden Gate. It was the uh, it was the Capella Bar Sports Club. Right. Uh, but they, I got in trouble because I liked, you know, the rhyming slang, if you could call it that. So I'd just be going, you know, uh, number 31, get up and run. 33, <laughs> dirty knee. 45, halfway there. 41, time for fun. 86, between the sticks. I'd just be going and then, yeah, the oldies, they weren't happy about it. 87? 87, oh, I have to remember, 87 was Tor, Tor um what was 87? I know 88 was Two Fat Ladies, 89 was nearly there. I was steering clear of that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of my favourites, one of my favourites, boys, 
was Leagues Don't Eleven. Leagues Eleven. Number of the Rider. Hooroo, boys. <laughs> go and go and get uh, the New York Middle. I can't wait for Middo's book to come out. Will Will, my producer, sitting here, he's nodding. I reckon Jared Middleton, my life coming to Penguin, that would be outstanding. Get it, a, get it, a Dimix, and then we'd have to get Middo to do the audio book as well. That would be the best. Uh, it is nine oh one. Plenty more fun to come tomorrow on the Big Sports Breakfast.